We've all grown poorer lately, but you owe it to your wife. She shouldn't die in that tattered robe she's wearing. So she's going to die soon? A few more weeks, perhaps. She's in terrible pain. Death will release her. After this, I couldn't hear the voices any longer. In my ears, I heard a sound like a bird's wings flapping in panic. Perhaps it was my heart. I don't know. After Dr. Miuela left, my father went on sitting for a long while in silence. At last, he said my name in a whisper. I went and knelt beside him. Go down to the village. Bring back some incense for the altar. A tiny Buddhist altar rested on an old crate beside the entrance to the kitchen and was the only thing of value in our tipsy house. But father, wasn't there anything else? He made a gesture with his hand that meant for me to leave. The path from our tipsy house followed the edge of the sea cliffs before turning inland towards the village. Walking it on a day like this was difficult, but I remember feeling grateful that a fierce wind drew my mind from the things troubling me. Yoloito had only one road, leading right to the front door of the Japan Coastal Seafood Company. It was lined with a number of houses whose front rooms were used for shops. I ran across the street towards the Okada house, where dry goods were sold, but then something happened to me, one of those trivial things with huge consequences. The packed dirt road was slippery in the rain, and my feet went out from under me. I fell forward onto one side of my face. I have only a vague idea of what happened next. I heard voices and felt myself lifted and carried. I could tell they were taking me into the Japan Coastal Seafood Company because I smelled the odor of fish wrapping itself all around me. I knew I was wet from the rain and bloody too and that I was barefoot and dirty and wearing peasant's clothing. It was in this condition I found myself looking up into the face of Mr. Tanaka Ichiro. I'd seen Mr. Tanaka in a village many times before. He lived in a much larger town nearby, but came every day for his family owned the Japan Coastal Seafood Company. He didn't wear peasant clothing, but a man's kimono with kimono trousers. I lay there on the slimy table while Mr. Tanaka examined my lip pulling it down with his fingers and tipping my head this way and that. All at once, he caught sight of my grey eyes, which were fixed on his face with fascination. I know you, he said. You are old Sakamoto's little girl. Then Mr. Tanaka told his assistant, Sugi, to go and fetch Dr. Miura. I imagined Mr. Tanaka would go back to his work after Sugi had left but instead he stood looking at me. Dr. Miura told me your mother is sick, he said. With your father so old, what will become of you? Who takes care of you even now? I take care of myself these days, I said. I know a certain man. He's older now, but when he was a boy about your age, his father died. The very next year his mother died, and then his older brother ran away to Osaka and left him alone.
Sounds a bit like you, don't you think? Mr. Tanaka said. Well, that man's name is Tanaka Ichiro, he went on. Yes, me. I was taken in by the Tanaka family, and after I got a bit older, I was married to the daughter and adopted. Now I help run the family seafood company. So things turned out all right for me in the end. Perhaps something like that might happen to you too. From that very moment, I began to have fantasies that Mr. Tanaka would adopt me. A week or so later, when my fantasies of adoption had had plenty of time to ripen, I came home one afternoon to find Mr. Tanaka sitting across from my father at the little table in our house. I knew they were talking about something serious because they didn't even notice me when I stepped into our entryway. I froze there to listen to them. So, Sakamoto, what do you think of my proposal? I don't know, sir, said my father. I can't picture the girls living anywhere else. But they'd be much better off, and so would you. Just see to it they come down to the village tomorrow afternoon. The next day, in preparation for meeting Mr. Tanaka in the village, I scrubbed my dirty ankles and soaked for a while in the bath. I sat a long while looking out to sea, and feeling very independent, for I was about to see something of the world outside our little village for the first time in my life. When Satsu and I reached the Japan Coastal Seafood Company, Mr. Tanaka called us inside and led us down the long corridor. Down at the end was an office, lovely to my nine-year-old eyes. Inside a doorway, Satsu and I stood in our bare feet on a slimy floor of stone. Before us, a step led up to a platform covered with tatami mats. On the platform sat an old woman on a cushion who rose when she saw us and came down to the edge to arrange herself on her knees. She was old and cranky looking, and I don't think you could ever meet anyone who fidgeted more. Mr. Tanaka said to her, This is Chiyo-chan and her older sister, Satsan. The old woman reached out and patted me with her fingers. This one's rather pretty. Such unusual eyes. And you can see that she's clever. She got to her feet and gave Mr. Tanaka a look he seems to understand at once, because he left the room closing the door behind him. Mrs. Fidget untied the peasant shirt Satsu was wearing and removed it. She moved Satsu's bosoms around the bed looked under her arms, and then turned her round and looked at her back. Then, as if she hadn't done enough already, Mrs. Fidget yanked Satsu's pants to the floor, looked her up and down, and turned her round facing front again. Then she took her by the shoulders and seated her on the platform. She put her hands on Satsu's knees and spread them apart. And without a moment's hesitation, she reached her hand between Satsu's legs. Next, Mrs. Fidget came straight at me, and in a moment my own pants were down around my knees and my shirt was taken off me just as Satsu's had been. She put a finger between my legs and gave what felt to me like a pinch in such a way that I cried out. The girls are healthy, 
she said to Mr. Tanaka when he came back. And very suitable. Both of them are intact. The older one has far too much wood, but the younger one has a good deal of water. Pretty too. I'm sure they are both attractive girls in their way, he said. Why don't we talk about it while I walk you out? The girls will wait here for me. When Mr. Tanaka had closed the door behind them, I turned to see Satsu sitting on the edge of the platform. Who was the horrible woman? she said. Why should she look at us in that horrible way? Satsu-san, don't you understand? I said. Mr. Tanaka is planning to adopt us. What are you talking about? Mr. Tanaka can't adopt us. Father is old, and now that our mother is sick, I think Mr. Tanaka is worried about our future. There won't be anyone to take care of us. Satsu stood. She was so agitated to hear this. In a moment, her eyes had begun to squint, and I could see she was hard at work willing herself to believe that nothing was going to take us from our tipsy home. One morning, during the heat of the summer, I was on my way back from fetching a packet of tea in the village when I heard a crunching noise behind me. It turned out to be Mr. Sugi, Mr. Tanaka's assistant, running up the path. Mr. Tanaka wants you and your sister to come down to the village as soon as you can. I ran up to the house and found my father sitting at the table, digging grime out of a rat in the wood with one of his fingernails. Sats was putting slivers of charcoal into the stove. It seems as though the two of them were waiting for something horrible to happen.